Oi, you are on my manor. What do you want, apart from a punch in the gob? Oh dear, I just came for a chat, really. What kind of chat? I only like chatting about rucking. Well, that is one of the topics I wanted to broach. That's brilliant. Let's have a good old natter. Did I ever show you the teeth I got broken at Swindon in 1969? Here, take a look. I got these done in the station car park. Lovely. Pretty as a picture. Smashed teeth are like bravery medals. Same goes for me busted nose and me scars. You must be proud. I am. But my proudest moment was when Henry Grover made me a steward up here in Orny Evan. He didn't want me beating him up, see? I threatened him with a punch in the kisser. Right, well, about that kind of thing, Amper. The threats are going to have to stop, I'm afraid. No more threats and menaces. Are you having a laugh, Mainwood? They're the tools of me trade. Times have changed, Lamper, and stewarding needs to be about empowerment. How's that gonna work? I'm top boy round here. People have to fear me. That's how I keep all it ever under manners. Things are different now, Lamper. You can't threaten anyone anymore. Well, in that case, I'll just punch them with no warning. It's a little slice of hornet heaven! Henry Grover took John Pierce to the programme office, where they found 13-year-old Derek Garston poring over a selection of old club handbooks. Ah, Derek, dear boy, there you are. I'd like to introduce you to a former player who's just arrived with us. John Pierce. Crikey! It's an honour to meet you, Mr Pierce, sir. I know all about you, sir. The club played a benefit match for you, even though your Watford first-team career only lasted eight minutes, Mr Pierce, sir. That makes you a unique figure in Watford history, Mr Pierce, sir. Ah, uh, is that right? If Derek says so, of course it's right, John Old Top. Master Garston is our master statistician. So... Is your leg okay, Mr Pierce, sir? Your career was ruined by a broken leg, I believe. Which leg was it, Mr Pierce, sir? Just for my records, Mr Pierce, sir. Now, now, Derek. That's an unseemly level of forensic detail, my boy. Let's stick to statistics. I brought John along so he could mug up on some of the details of his career that he's bound to be asked by some of the more anally retentive Watford fans in Hornet Heaven. Uh, do you mean people like me, Mr Grover, sir? Well, I wouldn't use the words anally retentive within your hearing, of course, Derek, but, uh, um, yes, people like you. Charming, Mr Grover, sir. So, Mr Pierce, sir, what would you like me to jog your memory about? Dates, mainly. How about when I signed for Watford? I don't carry that date around in my head. Signed as an amateur? Or as a professional, Mr Pierce, sir. Obviously the fans army are most likely to be interested in when I became a, a full-time professional. But you were never a full-time professional, Mr Pierce, sir. Only part-time. Ha! Beautiful. That's exactly the level of detail we came for, Derek, my dear Ainley retentive boy. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Bill took Harriet down Occupation Road and through the ancient turnstile to a home game in 1980. On the Vicarage Road pitch, 
before the game, a costumed figure was presenting a giant cheque to a lady in a fur coat and glasses. The costumed figure had a big letter W on its chest. It had solid wings that somehow looked like shoulder pads from Dynasty. It had jaunty yellow boots that seemed to be cast-offs from a psychedelic pantomime. And its head was clearly a yellow motorcycle helmet with antennae stuck on. Harriet said, What the hell is that? Is it a walking jumble sale? Bill explained, That's actually Harry the Hornet. The first incarnation, Harriet said, is someone taking the piss out of mascots. Next, they went to a game from a couple of years later into the 1980s. Harriet watched appalled as two people paraded around the pitch in yellow and black costumes. They were wearing what looked like repurposed fireside rucks with floppy masks made from cut-offs of the same material. The costumes looked like they'd been made up from a design entered into a Junior Hornets designer mascot competition under fives section and not the winning entry. Harriet said, Is that seriously meant to be me and Harry? Imposters! The next home game they went to was in the mid-90s, when Harry the Hornet's costume actually looked a bit more like a hornet. Harriet admired the more realistically shaped yellow and red striped abdomen. She was impressed by the huge white wings, which stuck out like sails on the creature's back. She said, Well, that's a bit better. But then she watched Harry the Hornet take part in a penalty shootout with Mr Blobby. She clutched her brow and said, Oh, God, this is just embarrassing. Later, at a match in 1996, they saw another different Harry the Hornet. Harriet complained. So, that's my future husband, is it? What a prat! He's wearing his baseball cap sideways. And look at his ass. It's all saggy. Bill leaned in and said, Don't fancy yours much. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Carl's bedroom was like a shrine to Watford Football Club. On the near wall were photographs of modern-day players in yellow shirts. Malcolm had no idea who they were. On another wall were hung various old replica shirts. But one of them he recognised. It was yellow, with two vertical black stripes down the left front and a cartoon Hornet in football boots on the right breast. All of a sudden names and faces came flooding back to Malcolm. Ken Goodeve, Brian Greenhalgh. Jeez, they were awful. A phrase floated into his mind. Bonza out. The phrase seemed to stir something deep within him. Bonza out. Bonza out. He was starting to feel this. He said, It's all coming back, Cole. I remember us being relegated. 1975 or something. It hurt so bad, but only because I cared so much. Did you stop caring? Not deliberately. Life took me someplace else. Dallas, Texas. Malcolm gazed around the room. On another wall, there was a series of photos that seemed to span about 25 years. The same man was in all of them. He had dark hair. It looked like he was the team manager. Above the photos was a paper printout with the words, Hashtag, thank you, GT. Malcolm asked, did I miss much while I was away? It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Ah, 
Good evening to you, McBain. And what a fantastic evening it is. What are you on about, Grover? Watford's football is ruining my afterlife. That's why I've decided I'm not going to go and watch any more of the new games. But what will you do? Ach, I'll go and watch an old game, I expect. Oh, dear, that's not good. You shouldn't spend your whole time living in the past, trying to ignore the present. That's what Luton fans do. Maybe your time as Luton manager in the 1930s made you a latent Luton fan. Ugh, shut up about that. Let it lie. Well, better never than latent. Ha! Ooh, McBainy Bainy. Used to be all right, but he's a scammer now. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! I know. Let's list Watford players on the pitch who are parts of the body. I'll start. Steve Palmer. How about uh, Nigel Ribs? Ah, I've got one. Mooney. Wait a moment. How about Johnson? They did not see this coming. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven. Henry and Bill carried Mike Keane by the arms and legs again. They stretched Mike out on a trolley. Bill said gently, We're gonna make you feel well again, Mike. Henry and Bill rolled the trolley backwards until Mike's head was inside a machine that looked just like the MRI scanner at Watford General Hospital. Just open your eyes a little and look straight up. Henry gave a signal and footage started to play on the curved surface above Mike's head. Mike peered at it, dead-eyed. There was snow around the edge of the Vicarage Road pitch. Alman Abdi brought the ball down in Watford's half and played it forward to Fernando Forestieri on the halfway line. Fessy touched it back to Jonathan Hogg and Hogg returned it to Fessy. Fessy took the ball towards the Rouse stand and pushed it out to Lloyd Doyley. Doyley moved it on to Marco Cassetti on the touchline. Cassetti played it first time square to Fessy, who dummied it for Christian Botocchio. Botocchio exchanged swift passes twice with Alman Abdi back and forth. Then, as Botocchio sprinted forward, Abdi passed forward to Fessy, who let the ball run on to Cassetti again, further up the touchline. Cassetti curled the ball deliciously along the ground into the path of Botocchio on the edge of the box. Botocchio, with an exquisite touch, redirected the ball into the Huddersfield goal, just inside the far post. Mike's eyelids flickered. The slightest of sparkles began to light his eyes. The footage, on loop, now showed Abdi bringing the ball down again at the start of the move. Henry and Bill watched Mike. Bill murmured, It's working. The acute treatment is working. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! I could do all kinds of voices, you see, Bill, and I was really good at doing the bloke who did the commentary on the Watford Highlights video, Mike Vince. Just a minute, hold on. <coughs> oh, my word. I could make myself sound like the legendary voice of Watford, Mike Vince. Goodness, that's incredible. It's exactly like him. Just like he sounded on my VHS tapes. Go on, son. Do Mike Vince doing the Richard Johnson's goal. I love that one. Sure, that's classic, Vince. <clears throat> Johnson at the help yourself counter and coming away with a basketful. Oh, that's uncanny. 
So, Bill, because I could do a decent mic Vince, I sat myself down at a microphone and recorded a completely invented match commentary onto a cassette tape in Mike Vince's voice. I told Dad I recorded it off Chilton Radio and I played it to him in his hospital bed. It was hard work, all right, imagining the action on the pitch and trying to describe it in a Mike Vince way, but I did okay, I think. It would have been something like... Uh, <sighs> John McClelland, short to Diego Maradona wearing tent. Maradona playing in Barnes, who puts it across. Here's Lineker at the back post, who finishes with no little aplomb. <laughs> I'd have loved to have seen that. What was the final score in the game? And there is the final whistle. It's an opening day to remember here at Vicarage Road. Watford 17, Wimbledon nil. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Mmm. Grover, what the hell are you doing? Yellow and red. Grover! What? Ah, hello, Freddy. I was just, um, yes, uh, well, I mean, this new kit really is quite gorgeous. There's no time for any of that, Grover. We've got a serious problem. Not with this new shirt, we haven't. It's Adidas. Adidas, Freddy. I've been waiting decades to see three stripes on a Watford shirt. I'm afraid I simply can't contain my excitement. Shut up and listen. This is important. There's a new arrival in Hornet Heaven who shouldn't be here. What? Good. Finally got your attention, have I? Golly. Yes, you have. This chap isn't from up the road, is he? Not from the town that dare not speak its name. No, he's not. He's nearly as bad, though. You'd better brace yourself for this, Grover. There's a plastic fan in Hornet Heaven. Oh, well, that's no big deal. We're all made of plastic in Hornet Heaven. We're made of plasma, you idiot. Ghosts are made of plasma. A plastic fan is completely different. Not like us at all. Oh, so if he's... Plastic? What is he? A toy? Some kind of action figure? Does he have long arms and legs you can bend at weird angles, like Etienne Capoue does with his own arms and legs? No. A plastic is a fake. Someone who only turns up during the good times. As father of the club, you need to do something. <laughs> Grover? <sighs> For crying out loud, Grover. You're not listening to me, are you? Yellow and red. Yellow and red. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Wooter, the brown and white Springer Spaniel in the afterlife paradise for Watford fans, scooped up his Harry the Hornet toy in his jaws. He scampered over to his basket in the corner and dumped Harry on the yellow blanket with two other soft toys. Then he turned and sped towards the atrium exit. Two minutes later, the atrium was silent and deserted. All the humans had gone to the game and Wooter was chasing his tail somewhere down Occupation Road. On the yellow blanket in Wooter's basket, Harry the Hornet sat up. The 12 inch high cuddly toy looked across at the other soft toys on the blanket and said, Hey, you two, everyone's gone. You don't need to play dead. It's all right for you, Harry the Hornet. Wooter doesn't play with us. 
It's so boring. Cuddly Harry heard Wooter approaching the basket. Wait, I can hear Wooter coming back. Play dead. Then he saw Wooter's face appear above him. Between Wooter's jaws was a woollen footballer that a grandma had lovingly knitted and stuffed with old stockings. The footballer had a plain yellow shirt and plain black shorts. In shape, he was quite round for a footballer, with a big bottom. On his back, there was writing. In red thread, it said, Nine, Deanie. Wooter dropped his new toy into the basket and charged off as fast as he could. Troy landed on Harry the Hornet. Cuddly Harry the Hornet eased the new arrival off him. He was about to introduce himself when suddenly the knitted Troy Deeney grabbed Cuddly Harry by both cheeks and pushed his forehead against Harry's. The new toy said, You don't shove me around, pal. I'm Troy Deeney. I'm the new main man round here. It's a little slice of Hornet heaven! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. We're here to mark the centenary in Hornet Heaven of my young friend Derek Garston, who first arrived up here in January 1921. What? You're not going to embarrass me, are you, sir? Not at all, my boy. You see, I know you've been feeling down about being a 13-year-old forever, but the truth is that lots of Watford fans wish they could be in your position. They wish they could be like you. As adults, we've forgotten how to take simple enjoyment from the thrills, spills and entertainment of a game of soccer. We're too analytical, too suspicious that good things will turn bad, too frightened, and we don't want to be like that anymore. We want to watch football like carefree young souls. And tonight... Cliff and the gang are going to state, in musical form, our new commitment to being like you forevermore. The song features Larry McGettigan on main vocals, and I believe we may even get some lyrical freestyling by Henry Grover. So, take it away, Cliff Holton and the Holtones. Don't want to grow up Don't want to wear a frown And be scared to lose To Luton Town Cause if it means we must prepare To watch the audits with a worried air We'll never grow up, never grow up, never grow up So there, not us Come on, you owns don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. Don't want to have a clue. Don't want to have a clue. If it's four two four. If it's four two four. Or four four two. Or four four two. Analysis is awfuler than all the awful things that ever were. So we'll never grow up. Never grow up. Never grow up. No sir, not us. Come on, you ones. Never gonna be a man, not me. Rather be a little kid. Forever growing up too much can mean you'll never feel pure joy. Best to stay a boy. Don't wanna grow up. Don't wanna grow up. Don't wanna not roar. Don't wanna not roar. When the audit 
score. When the audit score. Because we've seen it all before. Because we've seen it all before. When the audit score, we want to scream. The Watford are the greatest football team. So we'll never grow up, never grow up, never grow up. Indeed, not us. Come on, come on, you want. May I have a go? Take it, Henry. I don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. And don't want to debate. Don't want to debate. Whether Andre Gray. Whether Andre Gray. Deserves the hate. Deserves the hate. Don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. Just want to have a laugh. Just want to have a laugh. If we score an own goal. If we score an own goal. From the other team's heart. From the other team's heart. Don't want to grow up. Don't want to grow up. Wanna be carefree. Wanna be carefree. Wanna worship Luther. Wanna worship Luther. And Lloyd Doyle. And Lloyd Doyle. And Horny Heaven should always be a place of willful immaturity. Oh, well said, chaps. Dear old things. So. We'll never grow up, never grow up, never grow up. You won't, you won't, you won't, you won't. It's a little slice of Hornet Heaven. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>